Welcome to Health Creators, where we discuss new creations in healthcare and building the future of health innovation. This is Liv. I'm a health tech founder in the clinical trial space, and I'm joined here today by Oliver Rockle, founder of TaylorAide, defining the future of how much medication you should really take. The future. The future. <laughs> the future. Has deep opening. Actually, I was meeting um, healthcare founders like every day anyways like two three i'd have like conversations like this all the time yeah um and so i thought okay like i should record these because it's like yeah fair it's enough. like really cool i feel like um can learn something new right yeah um and i wonder if you had this like kind of being in medical school but when i was doing neuroscience i felt like things would just get very specialized so yeah. like the longer i would spend in research in neuroscience, the more specific things would get right to the point where I'm now studying like a cellular mechanism in like a type of cell that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Um, versus now I feel like in the in land of, you know, startup, there's such a, a wide range of things yeah. you can do. There's such a wide number of healthcare problems you can solve. There's such a wide number of conditions, right? You can look at even yeah. in one solution. Yeah, I I mean the reason I was in med school um, and I did all the molecular stuff and everybody, everybody was said, oh, you need to know this to do research mm. later, etc. And I was just, I just went with it. The reason that I remember exactly when I stopped, I stopped after reading the updated protocols for battery, so watch battery swallowing per age group in like male Sorry, children. battery swallowing. So you know, you know those flat batteries? Yeah. It was a, the new European guidelines for management of children that yeah. swallow, uh, you know, those flat batteries that, that you have in watches. In watches? Yes. Where, and yeah. I went there to intermed school really thinking, I want to innovate healthcare. And, the, and, like and it's very good the... that protocols exist. It's very yeah. good that protocols exist. But my vision yeah. of healthcare was not that I would be looking at the protocols of what to do. Yeah. You know, six years old, swallow the battery, uh, uh, watch battery, mm. um, you know, what to do. And it just tells me what to do. Um, and that was really when I said, all right, TaylorAid. But and just what, stayed was there. The, what was the intention when starting TaylorAid? So there's, there are multiple intentions. I think the, what triggered me at the beginning was when I was uh, in med school, at the hospital, for example, I was doing research into, okay, what is a good doctor? How do you, what is a good doctor? And mm. figuring out what a good doctor is, is a very difficult, very difficult question. And I started thinking, okay, what are areas to improve in, in healthcare then as a way to think around it? And then I came across a whole pharmaceutical area about drugs and drugs not being tailored to people. Mm. Um, a common example is you've got one pill for everybody. For example, you've got ibuprofen, paracetamol, or any other yeah. common drug. It's the same dosage whether you are 18 years old and anorexic uh, woman or if you're a 35-year-old mm. bodybuilder. And I thought, there's something wrong. And then I got into side effects, discovered the horrible uh, fact that 200, just under 200,000 people die every year because of side effects. From drugs? From drugs. Is in that Europe. globally? Oh, just in just Europe. Just in Europe. In America... <sighs> It's the fifth leading cause of death inside a hospital. What? Side effects from drugs? Side effects from drugs. From like medications that the doctors give you. Exactly. <gasps> so I was like, okay, there's something to improve. And then this whole th 
thought process of what is it to be a good doctor, I was like, well, saving lives is kind of mm. why people start medicine. Okay, and now Taylor Age, you're trying to get this in first through Holland, basically. So Taylor Age also changed a lot. Mm. I think any startup. Um, yeah. I mean, you're also <laughs> in there. I don't know how much your idea has has changed or pivoted. You go in there with this this golden idea, especially into healthcare, about I want to do this and save. 200,000 yeah. people a year. Yeah. And like I said, I was really naive. And I was like, this is so going to work. And I was so confident. And you notice that there's the whole world of AI in healthcare. It's, it's really an end goal. Mm. But there is like a very shaky bridge with lots of holes in it to actually make healthcare inside hospitals. And you notice that we built this, this pretty fancy machine learning model that can predict side effects. And then we go to hospitals like, look, we need this data from you and then you can predict side effects in your patients. And they just don't have the data. Mm. And that's mainly why the idea has pivoted a lot. It's okay, well, how can we then support patients as a whole along their patient journey? So help a patient before he gets operated, help him with the scheduling of the operation whatsoever, helping afterwards, after diagnosis, you've got diabetes, you're often just left completely alone. and. In there, you can integrate the side effect prediction. But for that, we had to brainstorm, okay, well, hospitals, are, hospitals don't have data. How do we collect the data? So, which see. is a bit of a different way of thinking. There, there is, it's interesting. Holland is basically a, a very much private for-profit, mm. private not-for-profit, quick correction here, private, private not-for-profit not for health insurance. So you've got okay. about 10 players in there. Yeah. So there's competition between health insurances, Yeah. which also is... Personally, I think why innovation accelerates slightly faster in the Netherlands because is because it's private. health insurances mm. have money to invest and they compete with each other. Mm. So they need the best offering. Yeah. So anybody wants to start a, a company and speaks Dutch, I recommend going to Holland. Uh, France, it's state insurance. Mm. Not that it's bad. There's a lot of incentives, a lot of funding, grants, etc. for people that want to start up in France. But partnering with insurance is a lot more complicated in France. And I think that's the biggest difference that you can notice between the two countries. So, yeah. Because there's less competition in state insurance. Because there's, there's no competition. There's no it's competition. like a monopoly. A so you, you take what you get, basically. Exactly. So they're like, hey, this is the insurance package for yeah. everyone. In a, in a way, it is. I wonder if TaylorAid is kind of like essentially a solution, maybe more for countries where you can access a lot of hard meds, right? So I'm always surprised when I like go to the US because you go into any pharmacy and yeah. you get like an option of a lot of like drugs yeah. essentially that you just don't get in Europe. I know, it's impressive. Right? I mean, I don't know, it's scary then, and impressive. But yes, but like you don't actually have someone telling you, hey, like, you should probably take this dosage. You just read what's on the box, right? Which again is like super not personalized. Well, let's talk about that. What's on the box? How are clinical trials designed? I mean, you know, yes. I've been reading a book about yeah. invisible women, uh, about gender gaps in mm. data. And it talks about pharmaceutical trials and pharmaceutical trials are ideal for me. I mean, between 20 and 40, no comorbidities, male, yeah. white. But there is a whole population out there of people that have, for example, chronic conditions like diabetes, yeah. that have cancer, that are not included in these trials. And 
frankly, no one really knows what the side effects are going to be in these people. Exactly. Actually, women were not included in clinical studies till 1993. Um, and so today, medicines are really not made for everyone. Yeah, I mean, out yeah. of, uh, what we notice out of the research we've done is that out of all the side effects experienced, 70% are experienced by women. Mm. Which is also why... why so. I would say Taylor has had three phases of predicting side effects. So then discovering this data and yeah. these facts about side effects to then thinking, okay, how can we predict data specifically for women and minorities who mm. are not included in clinical trials and therefore not on the papers and doctors don't really know the effects that the drugs are going to be in this. Realizing data is not available to then creating a kind of much broader aspect yeah. uh, of it independent how confident we are of selling it to other clinics because we really want to bring a good product to the market and not something which we can market well that doesn't work. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? Because I guess I've spoken to other founders building apps or other medical devices. Um, and it's always how do you iteratively develop your product under a regulated landscape? <laughs> I, there's a really cool talk. Of, I mean, I don't know if it's like Joe Rogan, I say link the podcast up here. <laughs> about yeah. uh, the Tesla founder and how mm. you iterate a car. Yeah. A car costs, to develop a custom car, you know, for, costs a lot of money. And yeah. you can't say, I will develop roller skates first, then a bike, and then uh, something <laughs> else, and then a car. You have to start with a car. Your MVP is going to be a car. Yeah. So how do you iterate that? You have to build a car. Yeah. And then, you, like, if people don't like it, what do you do? I mean... Yeah. And it's really interesting. And it's very complicated to... to, to iterate products in highly regulated markets and I think that's one of the main issues with healthcare is mm. that lack of iteration it's part of the reason that we are shifting slightly from a B2B more to a B2B 2C so mm. with patients being the end users because you can iterate, 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 iterate iterate constantly with users and patients we've got like a list of people that are waiting to try the solution that we can say okay sit down an hour with us show us how you navigate through the app show us what you like yeah. show us what you miss you cannot do that with doctors that was the main challenge I think if, if I had to say what the main challenge for Taylorade the mm. original idea of Taylorade was was how do we as students get doctors to believe in us and, yeah. and spend time on us and often doctors are like, I only look at solutions that have a clinical trial done already. Okay. Which, fair enough. They need, you know, they have to make time for it and it's only going to be something they buy or, or purchase or want to use. But it's very complicated getting to doctors saying, I have developed something that, you know, it's an app. It's cool. <laughs> uh, I have no clinical trials. Do you want to test it out? That we found very complicated. Because, yeah, you now have, what is it, predicted, we have one in six people that work in healthcare, and it's predicted that we will need one in three people to work in healthcare to accommodate all the chronic conditions, chronic patients, the baby boomers that are getting older. What do you mean one in six or one in three? So, so like three doctors, no, yeah, so one doctor for every three people versus one doctor every six people. Well, or nurses, for example. Right uh -huh. now, if you take 60 people, you estimate that six people of those work in, in healthcare, a random group. I got it, yeah. The, the, the mm. future is that next time you'll have to take 60 people and 12 people will be working in healthcare to accommodate all the need. I but see. But that's not happening. So why tech is also picking up and, and, and digital innovation is picking up as well is because 
people see this, doctors see this or hospitals see this as a way to reduce the burden on nurses, reduce the burden on doctors, so that they can continue with the same kind of numbers working in the future. Um, but reducing those numbers and increasing the workload also means le even less time to test solutions and digital solutions. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to digital innovation in healthcare. But do you see almost like this shortage of medical professionals as a turning point for where we can really start pushing automation, right? So it's yeah. interesting. Uh, Holland, uh, the Netherlands, I should say, not mm -hmm. the, the Holland, uh, put out a, a, an agreement, they call it, mm. the Integral Health Agreement, yeah. in which they say they are not going to make efforts to get more nurses or yeah. more doctors and instead focus on innovation and automation and Interesting. AI. Yeah. From a government perspective, they really believe in that, I would say. And you look at France, the amount of incentives and, and, and grants you can get for AI and healthcare mm. and startups, and they're really trying to boost the startups ecosystem. I think it might be a turning point indeed, where you just have a lot more solutions. There are going to be methods in place for that facilitate the step into hospitals. Yeah. But right now it's not there. And that's, I think, a key area of improvement. And I, I have no idea how that's going to change. You know, if there was a single impact you could leave on people with TaylorAid, what would that be? Ooh, good question. Good question. Um, I would say that um, it's time also for patients to be empowered and use their data properly. And hopefully with TaylorAid, we can facilitate that. But it's, uh, there, there, there needs to be a shift for people to take care of themselves more. And uh, I think right now it's very much still managed by doctors and how doctors see their, their patients' healthcare. But there needs to be a shift. There's amount of data and data belongs to patients. And you need to figure out, okay, what do I want to do with my data and how can I manage my own data and my own healthcare? And hopefully that's gonna be the shift uh, that's gonna happen. And that's probably the impact I want to, to kind of bring over is that you are in a way your own doctor or the, the mm. best person you know, you know, the best person that knows yourself. And there is an immense amount of data collected about you that you can use yourself. And I think that's the overarching goal or impact is we want people to take care of their own healthcare.